Welcome to the Operate Intelligently podcast. I'm Brian McDonald, your host, and joining me today is Bob Bittner, otherwise known as Papa Dude, to talk a little bit about storytelling. Good afternoon, uh, Brian. Good to be here with you today. It's uh, just an absolutely gorgeous day here in North Carolina today. It sure is. The, uh, the sun is shining. It's not as cold. Uh, so it's, it's going to be uh, hopefully a nice Halloween. So. Absolutely. Well, listen, I wanted to talk a little bit today. Um, I have the opportunity to talk to a lot of people throughout the year at different conferences and so forth. And all of them are interested in telling a story that uh, of the kind of things that they're doing and want to tell their story. But a lot of times they just go about it incorrectly. They uh, want to talk about things like numbers of work orders and uh, all kinds of different things that excite them, but don't necessarily excite those that listen to them. Yeah, and you know, we were talking a little bit about how you make it relatable to an organization. Could you talk a little bit about your approach and strategy sure. there? So I think uh, one of the things that we always have to ground back to is what we, we are as an organization. Whether we're uh, an educational organization, where, whether we're uh, cities and towns and counties, or whether we're healthcare, whether we're in manufacturing, but relate to what the end uh, output of that organization is all about. Because it's not about maintenance. Uh, it's not about energy. All those things are important and it's part of our story and we want them to understand that. But it's really about an education. Are kids getting a good education? Are they graduating on time? Uh, how much is being spent on them as students? That's one, one matrix uh, a lot of times that people kind of overlook how much it costs. How much does it cost to have a, uh, a child in school for electricity a year? How much does it cost to, uh, for textbooks uh, every year? And so a lot of times we skip over that and we just want to go say, well, the energy cost was $5 million or $10 million or $2 million, whatever it is in your organization, and people don't can't relate to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, you gave a good example of like uh, breaking it down into terms they'd understand, for example, like breaking it down to someone's house or relative to their house. Yes, we, uh, when I was with uh, Wake County Public Schools, uh, we had uh, 20 million square feet of facilities. And I don't care if you've been managing facilities for a long time and you understand square footage, it's just a number that's just mind-boggling. You just can't relate to it. And so if you get in front of people that really aren't familiar with that term and how that's used, we often just kind of overlook and just kind of our eyes glaze over and we say, well, it's 20 million square feet. So what we would do is we broke it down into uh, things that people could understand. So we did a presentation to a bunch of principals and uh, we said, okay, we have 20 million square feet, but we know that's hard for you to relate to. So an average home, for instance, is about 2,000 square feet, give or take uh, three or four or 500 square feet, but most people understand what the average home size is. And uh, everybody kind of understands what the average half acre yard is like. Mm-hmm. And so we would break it down. We said, okay, for that 20 million square feet, that's a town with 10,000 homes in it. And so you start to say, whoa, that's a lot of houses. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a lot of yards to mow. So then we would say, okay, but in each one of those homes every day, and this is where we really kind of got the kicker, was that you had 13 kids in that home 
every day. And so you, you kind of emphasize that those 13 kids are in that house every day, all day long with two adults. And people kind of say, you know, I've got two kids and I know what they kind of mess they can make, you know, and let alone 13 in there. And I can't just send them out to play in the street if I get tired of having them inside. So you kind of emphasize that a little bit. And then you start talking about what it takes to manage those 10,000 homes. And you say, okay, well, we have one custodian that cleans nine of those homes every night. And people say, wow. I have a hard enough time when I haven't been in the house all day long to clean it one day a week, let alone every day. And I'm only cleaning one house. And uh, it's uh, me and my spouse and the dog and one child. And it's driving me crazy not getting everything done. And then you talk about you know how many maintenance technicians that they have and how many uh, HVAC technicians. It takes uh, one HVAC technician to every... 1,350 homes. And uh, you, know, you just kind of, and people start to say they can relate to that, right? They can understand, wow. And we had people come up to us afterwards and say, we never realized how much work you were doing. Mm-hmm. And so if we'd have gone in there and just started to say, you know, well, we do um, on average 528 work orders a day. Uh, they say, yeah, that's okay. That's Seems like a lot, but I don't know because I don't have anything to relate it to. But when you when you start breaking it down to some other figures, we did the same kind of the same thing with uh, utility dollars. Uh, at the time, we were spending about twenty eight million dollars in energy in utilities. And before I gave that number out, I asked, "What do you think we spend on on uh, energy every year?" And some raised their hand. Well, probably. A district our size, we're probably spending maybe 200000 Somebody said, no, it's less than that. It's around uh, probably $150,000. And somebody said, oh, no, it's got to be at least $400,000. And when you say it's $28 million, they're kind of like, wow. But again, $28 million is a lot to get your hands around, right? Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, that equates to $202 per student. Uh, every every student that's sitting there is costing $202 for utilities in the school building. Mm-hmm. And then I would relate it to something that the principals would understand because they had a budget of $64 per student for textbooks. And they would say, wow, you know, that really is a lot of money that we're spending on utilities. And can we, can we help in that conservation? Can, if, can we reduce... Because if you reduce utilities by 10% or 20 bucks then per student, wow, if you could put that towards textbooks, that would be a huge increase in the amount of money I had to spend on textbooks. So it's just a matter of how you tell the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I think, I think it's a good analogy to use of a household because we all know what it takes to maintain our household. We're living it all the time. Uh, if I had 13 kids, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I, I would be blessed <laughs> to say the least, but I'd be a bit frustrated. But uh, And I think also for energy, it's great because then you're not looking at like this huge number that you have to figure out like, okay, how do we reduce it by so many millions instead if it's 202? Okay, if we can lower that by $20 in, in this amount of time. And, and I think the real neat part is it, it really helps make a case for you know why automation and technology can help you get to that goal. Right. 
And, and you know, a lot of times in the facility world or even in, in, in utilities, we want to just go after some of the numbers that excite us. I closed out 300 work orders last month. Yippee, right? I'm, we did a great job because the month before we only did 250. And so this month we did 300. Again, people can't relate to that very well because first of all, a, a work order is not created equal, right? And, and I kind of like to, to illustrate this by saying, okay, if I'm going out and I'm gonna run a race, I could say, well, I ran one race last month. And I might come up and say, well, I ran five races last month. Well, who's the better runner? What's, what's more impressive? Well, if you're like our CEO that runs these races that he uses uh, some of the smaller races just to train for, he runs a 100-mile or 200-mile race. And if he says, well, I ran a 200-mile race last month, and I want to come back and I say, well, I ran five uh, races, but they were only three miles each. You know, then you start to understand. But when you put it into perspective, when you don't put just the extra data associated with it, it's not very impressive. And work order data particularly is hard. Energy data is kind of the same way. I would illustrate energy data uh, by cost of square feet. And again, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine all of this, but I would talk to the custodians a lot of time and we would go in and we would have a, uh, most of our buildings have floor tile in them at some place. Uh, and the floor tiles are 12 inches by 12 inches. And I would say, imagine that Mr. And Miss Custodian, that's a square foot. And on a, each tile, there's a dollar and 47 cents is what that's costing us to operate this building. And if you could just save me, if, I, if you came in tonight and there was a penny on every floor tile, if there was one penny down, you may or may not bend over and pick it up. But if there were pennies on every floor tile in that whole building, it would be the cleanest building that there ever was at the end of that night, right? Because I'm yeah. out getting all these pennies because they can visualize that. They can feel yeah. it. And uh, so if you can bring it into a story that uh, is relatable to them and that they can understand then they can start to appreciate what it is you're asking them or what story it is you want to tell them. And particularly things like in our parks and recs organizations, you know, how much is it costing us to have these parks open? How, how many kids are in, enjoying the parks? How many events are going on? I know in, in uh, some of our, uh, in our towns, particularly in the parks organization, huge uh, numbers of kids and families that are benefiting from nice soccer fields, nice athletic fields, nice uh, athletic facilities. And when you start talking to them about how many people are enjoying that and what they're getting, what benefit they're getting out of it, how much, how many dollars are we're applying as a town to have parks lit and safe and taken care of and mowed uh, per person then they start to appreciate it a little more. Mm -hmm. uh, and they start to, to understand uh, the story you want to tell them, as opposed to saying, well, the cost of our rec department for utilities is X number of dollars. Okay, when I don't have anything to relate it to, but if I relate it to numbers of people, numbers of participants, then you can start saying, hmm, maybe I could help reduce some of the cost. Maybe I could turn the lights out. 
when I leave this because I know that as a participant in this gym, it's costing $13 a year for me to, for the electricity in here, whatever the number mm-hmm. would work out to be. But it's crafting your story so that people can relate to, to the data. And then you can help them understand we need to save money. We need to be more efficient. We need more dollars, maybe. We need better equipment. We need to upgrade some things. That's when you go into the selling of the story that you want to sell. Mm-hmm. Are you looking for a way to get inspired about your work as a facility or operations professional? Join us at our annual maintenance and operations conference, Dude University in Raleigh, North Carolina, May 5th through 8th, 2019. You'll be able to attend educational sessions about your day-to-day work, meet professionals from across the country that work in your and other industries, and enjoy food, friends, and fun in the Dude's hometown. If you register this year, you can take advantage of our all-inclusive Dude deal. Learn more and register online at university2019.com. And I think it also has some legs, too, because it gives, say, for energy conservation, uh, it gives the people working in the organization the opportunity to say, you know, hey, we realize that if we cut, you know, lights off by an hour, that's going to save so much. And and multiplied by all these classrooms and all that buildings, it's going to help contribute to the whole. Exactly. Exactly. It's interesting when you mentioned the, you know, putting out the big numbers, it reminds me of a, a sales strategy of, of the old days where it was, you know, the, the beat your chest like a gorilla. Right. And that might work for a percentage. Like, let's say you're selling to a GE or a GM. They can relate to that, right? Because they've got huge plants and, and uh, multiple facilities and states. But yes, when you're talking about a county school system or someone that's got maybe just five buildings and not 500s or, or a plant, which could be bigger than their five buildings they're just not going to have any ability to understand like how you know what does that mean to me yeah and every story isn't the same right you can't use the same same story for every organization uh every situation you have to find out what that is and particularly with the audience that you're talking to uh totally different in the uh uh if you're if you're talking to a group of citizens than if you're talking to a group of employees mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and how you're relating that story and what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, knowing your audience, knowing what you want to convey, but conveying it in a way that the listener really can relate to what you're trying to talk to them about mm-hmm. and not just, you know, you getting excited about all the things that you've done or the needs that you have or the lack of funding that you have you paint this picture about if I could, I could do this for you. Mm-hmm. If you wanna, you wanna bring them in. You wanna get, you wanna solicit their support for things, and that's why I would talk about um, when people were talking about things around green energy, or recycling, or lead buildings. I always said I don't think I do my job correctly if I go to one side or the other on this issue. Because if I go to one side on this issue, I've alienated 50% of the audience. But what I, what I can do is when I start to talk about saving, I'm saving taxpayer dollars, I'm saving natural resources, then I can excite both sides of the folks that are listening and they've got an agenda that they want to, want you to take part in when I say I'm saving tax dollars, 
I'm saving natural resources. Everybody can get on board with that, right? And those that say, well, uh, Bob must agree that we've got to save the environment. Yeah. Bob must agree that we must save dollars. Yes. Bob must agree that we do whatever it takes to, to get that done. Yeah. Does that label me? Yeah, labels me as wanting to conserve and mm. and uh, treat the taxpayers with respect on how much you're paying for these things. I want to save you money, and so you accomplish a lot of other things within that, but not first of all not alienate, but then also accomplish some of the other things that you want to do along the way. So it's you have to be careful about the audience and what biases they might have mm-hmm. as well, and how you want to engage everybody into the conversation, how you want to pull everybody into it and get them all either shaking their head yes in yeah. agreement or that's really bad. We need to we need to help out in this situation. We need some things to happen and to change. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think uh, I, I have a lot of empathy for our customers and those that work in the public sector because I think they're, they're challenged constantly with uh, we want more. We don't want to raise taxes. We don't want to increase the costs. Yet we want the best education for our kids. We want the safest streets. We want the fire department to be there as fast as possible during an emergency. And in order to do that, there's a lot of work that they have to do. There's a lot of uh, investigation and uh, trying different things. So I think, uh, you know, relating it to them is is vital because it helps them uh, really understand how they're going to do it. We have uh, we have a client that uh, he's not only a client he's a good friend of mine but um, out of in Albuquerque New Mexico and uh, John every year puts together the story of his maintenance department and it's 50 60 pages long and it's filled with lots of data lots of work order data a lot of lots of energy data but what is also in there first and foremost it's pictures of kids being educated pictures of kids enjoying school, kids working on projects, things being done for the kids, and all that it takes to do that. And he's been doing this annual report for a number of years now. And uh, a couple of years ago, uh, all of the, the directors and managers of departments were brought in and uh, at budget time and said there was going to have to be a 5% cut across the board with everybody, all the departments. And John's immediate response, well, well, let me go back and let some time to work through this. And they said, except for the maintenance organization, because John keeps us so well informed that we don't see anywhere in his organization that we really want to cut. Because if we cut in that organization, we're going to suffer. Our education is going to suffer. Mm-hmm. And so when you say, I'm cutting in the maintenance organization, typically people are going to say, that doesn't affect the educational outcome. Mm-hmm. But John has told the story so well over the years and has been consistent in telling the story and wrapping it around the educational outcome that they said, the board says, we cannot cut in the facilities arena because they're operating at bare bones now. Mm-hmm. And if we do, it's going to affect education. It's going to affect graduation rate, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a powerful, a powerful story all in itself. I, I agree. And I think it's got a huge level of transparency yeah. that 
there's no guessing like, okay, what are they doing there? Is there something that they could be doing better? They're seeing exactly how they're operating at a very micro level yep. and, and have a deep understanding of the value and, and the, the hard work and dedication that they have. Yeah. Um, and, and I know in my uh, professional experience that, that when you, it's the same thing. Like when you don't get a lot of information and you have questions, then you kind of start to say, all right, are we doing the right thing here? Do we have the right people? Is it the right plan? There, there are a lot of doubt can come in there without that level of information and transparency. So the other thing I would just like to encourage our listeners to as we kind of wrap up here, I know it's a lot of work to do this. Uh, it takes some time to craft and think and to step back from the picture that we're involved with every day and put ourselves in the shoes of somebody else. But I would just uh, encourage them to say, hey, let's just take some time. If I need to get some help, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. If I need somebody that can be a sounding board for me, let me present to them. Let me see, is it coming across? Is it is it exciting to you? Do you understand the story? And not only are these stories one-off kind of stories that you might be presenting to somebody, but it can be your continual story of your organization, like John has done, that he has done it in a written form. And it takes a lot of hours to put mm-hmm. that together, a lot of hours. But the benefit that he gets out of it and the organization overall gets out of it far outweighs the amount of time that he puts into it because he gets such good results and good understanding of what his organization is doing and charged for by putting that emphasis in it. So I would just say, you know, step back from your wrenches and and your toolboxes for a little bit. Step back from, from your everyday routine and just give yourself some time to think about how do I want to convey the story of what I do, what my organization does every day, so that people will appreciate, understand, and know that we're we're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And it gives it a little bit of context as well. Yes. Instead of just numbers. Right. Like we did 10,000 work orders. Yeah. And then, you know, an administration person might be like, okay, what does that mean? Does, is yes. that high, low, indifferent? So. So, Bob, thanks for coming in today and talking to us a little bit about storytelling and how to make it relatable. Yes, I'm glad to be here. And we want to remind our listeners that we are conducting a listener survey where you can get a chance to win a very nice Dude Solutions hat. To do the survey, all you need to do is go to bit.ly slash survey. Again, that's bit.ly slash survey. It only takes about a minute and a half to fill out, and we'd love to get your thoughts. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast. Thank you for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and you can even email us at dspodcast at dudesolutions.com. 